Hey folks, thanks for joining us back here on Bikes and Big Ideas. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister and host of the show, and I am joined by the one and only Win Masters this week to chat about his new privateer program, which is kind of a continuation and escalation of the privateer award that he's been running for a while now, and we get into a bunch more other stuff because we talked right on the eve of the World Cup downhill season opener at Lenzerheide, and well, that race will have now happened by the time you're hearing this, Win and I kind of chat a bunch about the just changes to the World Cup format for the new season, and in large part, kind of how those have the potential to really shake things up, both as far as the racing goes, but also just in terms of what it means to be a privateer or an up-and-coming racer who is really trying to get their foot in the door and make it to that top rung, and the privateer program that Wynn's been running here is a very cool initiative to get folks the support that they need. And we talk a bunch more about that, so you'll get more of a rundown on it shortly here. But before we get there, I do want to take just a moment to once again encourage folks to check out our Blister Plus membership and all of the excellent benefits that that entails, including $25,000 of per-incident injury insurance with $0 of deductible should you get hurt mountain biking, skiing, running, or many other outdoor activities anywhere in the world. And this is pretty sweet because not only does it mean that you are far less likely to get a really enormous bill should you have a catastrophic accident, but also just means that it's much easier and free to go get care if you have a smaller crash or something more minor and just get it looked at, make sure you're healthy. And again, it works anywhere in the world too. I'm pretty excited because I am actually, well, by the time you're listening to this, I will be up in Canada racing trans BC and just knowing that should something go wrong up there, I'll be sorted out is just a good peace of mind. So check that out. There's a link in the show notes. And with that, let's get right to my conversation with Windmasters. Well, Win, appreciate you coming on here and kind of completing the Masters Brothers parents, having had Ed on a couple times now. How are you doing and where are you right now? Uh, doing great, thanks. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, we're here in Lenzerheide, Switzerland. Pretty much just getting ready for the practice day tomorrow, first, first World Cup. So we had the track all day, day today and then we're straight into it tomorrow. Yeah, so it's all good. Appreciate you taking the time to chat here, kind of amidst all that, and certainly very excited to see some World Cup downhill racing again. Feels like it's been ages. Uh, so we'll talk about the upcoming race season and upcoming race in a minute here, but main reason I wanted to have you on right now was that you've just announced the new privateer program, a bit of an upgrade from the privateer fund that you've been running for a while now. And well, to kick it off, I mean, kind of, Tell us a bit about what the latest iteration of the privateer program is and where you started it off. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was running the privateer award since 2019 with the Win TV show. So um, we were giving the award to the best privateer race and crowdfunding, and some of my sponsors came on board with that. So, like, bring together quite a decent amount last season. They were getting like two and a half thousand euros per race for the best privateer and then um, we wanted to kind of build upon that uh, so we brought got together with GT and then all my other sponsors and um, 
managed to put together a, a little program. So and and the the best privateer now gets a spot in, in our team the, the following week or the following event from the one that they win the award. So um, try and help them a bit more than we have been and and. Yeah, they have also got the option to have the bike if they want. We've got like complete bike. We've got eight complete bikes for the whole season. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool trying to um, do something different. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, obviously, you kind of had a bit of a stint as a privateer yourself, kind of come up through the ranks that way and know a bit about what it takes to make a career out of that and how sort of difficult it can be to – make a go of it as a privateer. And so what inspired you to start off the privateer award in the first place? You know, like I said, dating back to 2019 for the first iteration of it, but uh, where'd the idea come about and what was it like getting the early iteration off the ground? Um, pretty much just coming over to Europe. The first season when I first came to Europe to do some racing as a privateer, you really get a, a perspective of how hard it is to make it happen uh, with little to no support and there's like there's a few people that help me just a little bit and those those little bits really made a big difference so um, I was keen like now that I'm in a position to do so to try and help some others on their journey to get to whatever their dream might be maybe it's just doing one World Cup race or, or it might be qualifying or even if ever, if it could be like winning a race. So um, just try and help them on their journey to get to that. So I kind of enjoy that side of things now that I'm in the position that I can do that. Yeah, and certainly we've seen some cool results out of that too, uh, You know, including Campbell Ansh and Luke Meyer-Smith both getting some help in 2019 in that first year. And well, you know, <laughs> look at them now. So what do you kind of see as having been the biggest successes of the award thus far, obviously kind of those are two of the bigger names to have been recipients of it in the past, but what's the feedback been like from the folks who've won it and how's that made a difference? Um, yeah, they've, they've all like, it, it, you can kind of judge even Nina Hoffman as well. She won it at one point. So there's another one to add to your, your famous list, but, um, you kind of judge sometimes from the reaction of the person how much difference it makes pretty quickly. And um, for some of them, it just gets them maybe a little bit more comfortable to be able to live a little bit more comfortably for the next races or even just to be able to go to the next races. I remember like when I was a privateer, I did this urban race, urban dual slalom in Italy. It was like dual eliminator, not even slalom. So like you could take the other guy out pretty much. And I won 1,200 euros and it meant that I could go to Monsignan and Bromont. Without that money from winning that race, I wouldn't have even gone. So like for some of them, it really gets them to those other races like the ones in Snowshoe or Monsignan. If you're in Europe or if you're US-based or Canadian-based, then um, they can make it over to Europe so or it keeps them going for the rest of the season in Europe so it can really make a difference just a small amount um, some people yeah maybe don't have a, much of a, an idea how much of a little budget some of these guys and girls run on so um, it's cool to be able to help them if we can yeah and 
I mean, that's a good story about you winning that race and then getting to carry on to the Canadian leg of the season from there. But anything else that stands out from your privateer days is sort of like most, I don't know, creative or oddball thing that you did or a job you took to kind of make ends meet in the middle of there and keep the program running? Um, yeah, I did heaps of stuff. So like I moved to Australia when I was like 18 to be able to make enough money to, to make it to Europe. Um, it was pretty hard in New Zealand with like average laboring jobs or like just simple work to make enough money. So I had to go to Australia and then I ended up with some mine work that really paid quite well for what we were doing. Um, and that allowed me to save enough money. I didn't ride much when I was doing that, but then because you go somewhere and work for two weeks to three weeks, 12 hours a day, so you don't ride at all. And then you'd go back back home, you'd have some money, but then you haven't been riding. But I had to do that to try and get the money together, then make it to Europe for my first season. Um, that was 2008. And then I knew one person in Europe, so I like flew to Europe, knew one guy in Portugal and stayed with him. And then from there, I had to figure out how to get to all the rest of the races. So you pretty quickly had to meet people or at least like try and be known among the circuit as you needed a lift to the next race. And then from there, it somehow worked out. So here we are now and uh, able to help some others on that journey as well. So it's quite cool. It is, yeah. And I mean, I think that's a really good illustration of just sort of, one, how kind of slim the margins are when you're trying to make it as a privateer, but then also just how much more difficult that makes everything if you're not able to focus on riding and training full-time and having to work side gigs to make ends meet and have the funds to make it over to the races and all that. That puts you at a real disadvantage as well and just illustrates the importance of having support like what you're putting together here to help make that happen and i guess i'd be curious to hear a little bit too obviously you're you know no longer a privateer but how does it feel like the changes to the world cup format for this season with the addition of the semifinals and limited finals field and all that kind of stuff changes the dynamic of trying to get your foot in the door and make it as an up-and-coming racer because it feels like a pretty big shake-up to me yeah it seems it's definitely going to be really tough for people trying to make it through here. Um, we're only 30 riding in the final. And then I think pretty sure this race has like 180 riders. So um, <laughs> that's quite a small percentage that are going to ride the final. And there's quite a lot of riders that have always been between 30 and 60th that are suddenly now going to be not racing. Um, it definitely makes it harder. And I think, in the future, there'll be less and less privateers even racing at the World Cup level. So it's cool to kick this program off now and then see how the sport develops over the year and then decide what to do like going forward because I think maybe then we need there'll be a feeder series or there's IXS Cup or Crankworks where this program would fit better uh, if, if we build it up to a good level. So... Um, I think that might be the case because World Cup's just going to go to an, a super elite level. And I think if it was me starting like now, I don't know if I would make it. 
if you come in now and, and you have to start straight at the World Cup level and there's only 30 finalists, that's pretty hard. So I think from that side, it, you lose some of those stories of people like working their way up to the top, um, which is a shame. But if there is a good feeder race series or a, a way that people can find their way to the top, then it could be quite good. But uh, we don't know till we see what happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously having not yet really kicked the season off in earnest, it's a bit hard to know. But it does seem to me like what you said sounds right, that there's going to be a need for some kind of feeder series to emerge and take some more prominence as the stepping stone toward the World Cup level because with the field getting pared down at the top, you know, you need some way to develop talent and bring people up. And so I guess I'm curious if you were in charge and got to make the decisions, how would you want to see things formatted to, you know, provide the best opportunities for up and coming riders to make their way in and just kind of do best by the sport in general? What do you think would be the move there? Um, well, I would say, yeah, you need to come to Europe to race in Europe, um, but maybe do all the ITS Cups, uh, French Cups, Italian Cups, like any, any, and Portugal uh, Cups as well, like any other domestic series as well. They're quite strong here, so it gets your foot in the door, like racing the fastest people in those countries, and then you get a bit of a feeling and you could build up more slowly and steadily than showing straight up at a World Cup and you're racing the best in the world and it's going to be pretty hard. So I think that would be like my suggestion, go and do a bunch of smaller races before you line up at the big one. Yeah, I mean, that certainly makes sense as advice to someone coming up through the ranks. But yeah, I kind of meant more like if you were in charge of how the series was structured and you know could make rule changes to the World Cup format or launch some sort of feeder series or... Something like that, you know, we put you as the ruler of downhill racing. What would you want to do? Uh, we probably would have left it at 60 um, and televised the 30. But then you would also work on building, maybe putting a lot of funds behind the IXS Cup to build that into like the biggest second tier series in Europe anyway. Like it already is, but it could be way, way bigger. And if they... ESO or Discovery got behind it, then they have like their second tier series that develops riders to then go to the World Cup. And I think that would be, it's something that's necessary. I feel like they're jumping a little bit ahead of the gun, not having any feeder series as such and bring the numbers down. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that the IXS Cup does exist as a second tier series, but it just feels like the sort of, gap in coverage and prominence and all that kind of stuff is really massive and there needs to be something to kind of narrow that a little bit especially if the fields are going to be as small as they apparently are so yeah i hear you i think that all kind of makes good sense but it's going to be tough out there and so it's cool that you're kind of building out the privateer program and expanding it and offering this opportunity for support for folks. So to bring it back around to that a little bit, um, you've already mentioned that, you know, you're 
folks are getting some financial support, pit space, a bike if they want it, etc. How are you going about deciding winners and who you're giving it to for each race? And if I have it right, also you've formatted it so that a given rider can only win once per season effectively to kind of spread the help around a bit. So what's that format look like and how are you uh, going about making those decisions? Um, yeah, we try to choose the fastest privateer uh, rider in the race. So man, woman, or junior. Generally, we try to go for elite riders. Um, and and then sometimes you've got to weigh up how much support because some people have a small amount of support, others have more support, how much support they already have. And then it can be often be out of two or three riders. So then you go back to how much support they've got and then it would normally go to the person who has the least support and we try and help them a bit more. So that's normally how we work it out. The fastest one who is a privateer and generally racing in the final or semi-final now so that should should be how we choose it but it depends every race you get kind of a different circumstance but there's normally a result that really stands out and maybe people won't see it on the results sheet because they don't know the name so we'll try and help them to make that name known yeah i i like that and especially the bit about just sort of trying to find where it's going to have the most impact and for whom it's going to be most helpful i think is just a a good way of looking at things and um so i guess to kind of bring it into the upcoming race this weekend uh this will have just been run by the time we aired the episode but as of our recording you're like you said just did track walk getting into practice tomorrow how's the track looking how are things going feeling ready what's everything looking like over there uh yeah it's looks good um the track is pretty similar to past years maybe they've made things a little bit faster in places um so it's already quite a fast track so it's maybe going to cut the time down a bit more um and then it's maybe a bit more dusty than usual at the moment but there might be a little bit of rain so it could be pretty good it's going to get blown out for sure um and it's looking pretty good. I think we should be on for a pretty good race this weekend. And it's going to be an interesting race day because no one's done that format yet. So two races in one day with the semifinal and final in the day. So it'll be interesting how that works out and who gets to that final because it's pretty key. If you're, if you're really a top guy right now, then you really have to be in there. And also they need to almost ride in the top 10 so that they can get protected for the next race. So it puts the pressure on a few people. Um, but any uh, World Cup downhill doesn't come without pressure. So it's most of them know how to handle it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it does feel like it maybe ramps things up even a little bit more. But like you said, it's not like pressure is new. So how do you think it is changing folks' approaches going into the weekend? I mean, is it you got, like you said, a second effectively all out race run, but does it feel like it maybe adds a little bit of an extra kind of strat? Oh yeah. An element of strategy where you're trying to figure out just how much to leave out there in semis and trying to save anything for finals, or does it kind of 
feel like business as usual and just different race format, but you're going to still have to go out there and just do your thing. And now you're doing it twice, but it's maybe not as massive a shakeup as it could be. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, for some people, they'll probably really like it. And then others, others would have liked the one run format where there's just like a big build up to one race run. So some maybe will struggle a little bit to, to get that intensity to bring enough intensity in the final after doing another race in the morning as well, or, or they struggle in the morning race, then they don't get to the final. So it's going to be hard because there's so many riders, good riders now that are all trying to make it to that final. So there's only 30 spots. And if you have 180 starting, then it's not many. There's a lot of them. They're going to be watching. Yeah. That's a lot of people who aren't going to make it. And, uh, just really seems like a tough one. So, um, any predictions for the weekend? Anything that you think is going to happen or any thoughts there? Um, well, there'll definitely be some disappointed uh, riders and equally some happy ones. But um, I think quite a few will be like shocked that they're not going to ride the final. So that's like quite tough mentally for a racer. If you've always been someone that consistently qualifies and now it's going to be hard to make that final. So that'll be interesting how people take that. Um, but otherwise, I think it's exciting to have a new format. We've got something different. We've never seen it before. So now we see who's who it plays into the favor the most. Yeah, that will be interesting. And do you think there's going to be kind of a renewed backlash from riders once they kind of see how it shakes out in practice. I know a lot of folks were both unhappy with the changes to the format, but maybe equally so just the fact that it felt like it was not really communicated to the riders very effectively and kind of handed down on high with very little communication or explanation of what was going on. And um, is it going to be the case? And you imagine that once we get into the season, people are just going to kind of get on with it, or is that realization of what a 30-rider final seal looks like in practice going to kind of get people fired back up to try to maybe agitate for change to the format for next year, or just otherwise be kind of renew the discontent about the format changes? Um, it's interesting. I think people... Some people won't like it, but then uh, the top riders are probably going to be the ones like, oh, this is good because they're making that top 30. So, But um, I don't think you have to give it a few races before we see how people will really react, but I don't think there'll be too much negativity. Kind of like it's either you've really got to get on with it and go racing or – really struggle because you're not giving it the full chance that it deserves maybe and, and not giving your best effort to make it happen. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting one, but it's hard to see. Like, I don't think if you're negative about it, I think it's only going to affect you negatively. So I think you just have to get on with it and do the best you can. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, but I guess there's sort of, 
maybe two sides to it where, yeah, I mean, I can very much understand your point that the, like having a negative attitude about it and just getting down isn't likely to put you in a good place to succeed going forward. And, um, but there is probably at least some extent to which just if riders are unhappy getting enough people together and the nascent riders association that's been coming together to help organize folks might have some ability to collectively bring about a bit of change to in the longer term. Um, has there been much movement on or recent discussion of that riders association felt like there was kind of a big burst of energy behind it when it got first announced, but things have been a bit quieter of late. Yeah, they're, they're still um, ticking along. We've got Emily Siegenthaler and Aaron Gwen. So, so they're going back and forth with the ESO crew. Um, but I think mostly it all seems to be working. Um, so far, I didn't hear too much negative stuff from this the track walk or anything. So I think it's all good so far. Um, and the the association for the riders is like only top 30 riders really anyway so top 30 riders from last year so you kind of still miss a little bit the perspective with the guys that were 30 to 60 but then hopefully some of those riders in there they do look out for the others you know yeah you hope that there's a little bit of a bigger picture perspective taken and looking out for each other and just also for the health of the sport more generally, because it's one thing to sort of have the current crop of top riders doing their thing and getting broadcast and all that. But, you know, you got to think about what this looks like in five or 10 years too, if it becomes impossible to break in as a, an up and coming rider and make it to that top step. Does that just turn people away and, mean that we lose out on what the next generation of top racers, you know, might have shaped up to be. It's hard to know, obviously, but that feels like a real concern to me, at least. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, but most of them come through from the juniors at the moment, and there's quite a good opportunity for juniors that they didn't used to have. So at least they have that. Uh, to, to make their way into the sport. Um, but if you wanted to come in as, as an elite rider, that's definitely quite tough right now. But at the end of the day, you'd have to just get into that top 30 really to, to make it happen. And maybe if you're qualifying for semifinals consistently, then people are still going to look at you as someone who has the potential to go to the finals. So then... Hopefully that still gives you an opportunity to get a ride with a small team and then build from there. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think especially the note that having the juniors getting broadcast coverage now, which they've not previously, does have some real potential to kind of help out there. And it's a change to the sort of, I mean, the exposure that you get as a junior and that kind of thing. And so maybe that does help in some ways, but it does also seem like that kind of puts a lot of pressure on folks to once they're coming out of juniors into elites to put it together pretty quickly or else there's this risk of kind of getting caught in the middle tier of riders who are still getting 
generally good results, but maybe not making the finals cut with much regularity and kind of potentially getting lost in the middle there a little bit. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And, um, well, I know it's awfully late over there, so can let you get out of here shortly, but just wanted to say thanks for the rundown and really good on you for putting this privateer program together and think it's a really positive thing for the sport and something that I'm psyched to see someone putting a big effort into and uh, good on you for that. And just best of luck with the upcoming weekend and everything and really damn excited to watch some world cup downhill racing again it has been way too long yeah thanks very much um look forward to kicking off the the program this week and uh we've got roger vera the brazilian rider on for this weekend so uh hopefully he has a good weekend as well so uh look forward to uh getting things started again and being back at the races is pretty cool so uh we should have a wind tv track walk dropping tonight so that'll be good to get that out there as well and then uh we're pretty much ready. The juniors are ready to go for qualifying tomorrow, so the new format's already kicking in. That's right. I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, uh, here we go. Going to be exciting and really looking forward to seeing how this all goes. So thanks again, Lynn. This has been fun and best of luck. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's it for the edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And once again, I would like to give a big thank you to Win for taking the time to chat and squeezing it in between track walk and qualifying pretty late at night for him so win really appreciate it this was cool and uh just thanks again for doing it i also would like to say thanks to taylor ahern for producing the episode thanks to you for listening and from all of us at blister please take good care of yourself and everybody else and we'll be back again next week bye everybody <laughs>